How to Create a Glitch Monologue Season 36 Chapter 4 This is Season 36 of How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix Monologues Episode 4. In this episode, we will be talking about attention. To start off, any internal thought possesses the quality of inducing self-consciousness in the object of the thought. The self-conscious component of a thought determines whose reactive emotionality is responsive to the thought upon intersection. Likewise, the orientation of the thinker plays a role in whether or not that reactive emotionality manifests as multiplicity. Let me give you an example. Suppose you spend some time during the evening thinking about a particular subject. This particular subject is of interest to person A, whom you encounter tangentially the following day. While attending a meeting with person B, you are in the same room as person A. Now, what determines whether that internal thought will generate reactive emotionality in person B or A? The answer is whose object is it? If the thought is not directly about one of the two individuals, then the person whose reactive emotionality manifests will be the person who owns the object of the thought. Let me give you another example. Suppose you are thinking about a particular event, and involved in this event were four people, A, B, C, and D. Now, the particular thought you are considering was a thought which implicated person C as object. Thus, when you encounter person C, the next day, the result will be their reactive emotionality in response to your consideration of the thought the night before. Of course, all of this manifests as multiplicity in their expressive action, according to the plate which corresponds to the type of narrative. Further, in any social endeavor, there is a process and corresponding to that process is a certain calculus as to where one's attention should be at any given moment. Thus, if person A is speaking, then the room's attention should be fixed on person A. And likewise for person B, or person C, or person D. This means that actions or thoughts which impair the orderly movement of attention will frustrate the intentions and processes of the endeavor. Which is to say, since free attention is not bonded, it will not flow appropriately to the process of the interaction. Actions or thoughts which cause self-consciousness in those who are not the procedurally correct individuals to hold that attention at a particular contextual moment impair the functioning of that endeavor. In any goal-direct group action, Actions or thoughts which impair this systemic procedural function are those which defy the conventionality of the context. Conventionality thus gets pulled into a social endeavor, as a standard of behavior, which requires compliance or conformity. Any action which defies that conventionality undermines the process and misdirects the attention of the group. Thus, the night before such an exchange, One's thoughts might generate self-consciousness of a person in the group involved in the following day's activity, which must be alleviated by reactive emotionality upon intersection, correcting the malformation of the tonal interface of the following day. This is important because by content, dialectical thoughts the night before such an endeavor may invariably produce self-consciousness in the group or in an individual the following day, which can only be alleviated by some contextually meaningful act. In other words, the outcome of the endeavor may be decided by the unconscious reactions of individuals to the dialectical thought processes or self-consciousness-inducing thoughts of a preceding period. For example, suppose that person A, the night before a meeting with person B, 
thinks a number of thoughts which are dialectical to some consciously held self-attributions of person B. This generates reactive emotionality in person B. During the next day's meeting, which leads to person B, developing unconscious biases against person A, which impairs the orderly cooperation of those two individuals pursuant to some common goal. This is also important because, this methodology, and the methodology explained in How to Create a Glitch, the complete series, utilizes an approach which defies conventionality. When a group comes together to complete some goal-directed action or endeavor, the conventionality of that group may require a certain level of cooperation and conformity, as far as posture, posing, language, emphasis, tone, which set the bounds of appropriate behavior rather more tightly than a regular social encounter. This means that the dialectical nature of some thoughts proximate to the exchange can generate conventionality breaking, which defeats the aims of the social actor. In other words, when the rules of conventionality require conformity to some standard of posture, posing, language, emphasis and tone, a violation may occur due to reactive emotionality generated in response to internal thought processes which occurred previously. Suffice it to say, this means that one's particular ideological associations may run afoul of the socially enforced conventionality of the spatial plates, posture, posing, language, emphasis and tone, by generating reactive emotionality. All of this is to say, that one's ideological preoccupations can determine through unconscious means the outcome of a goal-directed endeavor within a group setting, minutes, hours and days prior to the event occurring. This is all important because the tighter the net of conventionality, as in the higher the level of the communication displayed in the exchange, the more restrictive will be its tenets with respect to ideological purity. In other words, linking of conventions or rituals of posture, posing, tone, language and emphasis, to a goal-directed endeavor of a group can enforce ideological purity with respect to some completely unrelated social function. That's the end of the podcast for today. If you enjoyed it, please like, comment and subscribe.